From the Jesuits of Canada and the United States, this is AMDG. I'm Mike Jordan-Lasky. If you were going to make a list of the most demanding and important jobs, nurses would be right near the top. The pandemic has revealed how much we ask of our nurses. They face exposure to illness. They juggle multiple patients simultaneously, all of whom have different needs and face a huge range of challenges. They work extremely long shifts and are on their feet most of the time. And so often they're accompanying people who are in the middle of the worst day or week or month of their lives. How do you prepare a college nursing student for all that? Well, Georgetown professor Dr. Sarah Vatone has one surprising idea for nurse training. She takes the students to Lourdes. Lourdes, of course, is the French town in the Pyrenees, made famous by Marian apparitions, witnessed by a teenage girl named Bernadette Subaru in 1858. Soon after the apparitions, visitors began to report miraculous healings after drinking or bathing in water from the grotto spring there. Millions of pilgrims continue to travel to Lourdes each year, many of whom are facing serious medical diagnoses. Dr. Vertone, her colleagues, and the 10 students who make each trip do a lot of things to support pilgrims when they're in Lourdes, but most of their time is spent assisting those who come to bathe in the waters. The trip is rooted in the Ignatian principle of cura personalis, or care for the whole person. Dr. Vatone hopes students who take part in this project will become nurses who are comfortable noticing and responding to the spiritual needs of their patients, no matter what those needs might be or how they are expressed. Dr. Fatone teaches students in ethics and professional formation at the School of Nursing at Georgetown, and she's a consultant at the university's Pellegrino Center for Clinical Bioethics. We talked about her experiences with the students in Lourdes and how the project connects to her scholarly work as a healthcare ethicist. It was powerful for me to hear her stories from the trips and the way she has seen the experience help shape nurses who are equipped to care not just for the physical needs of patients, but for their mental and spiritual health as well. You can subscribe to AMDG wherever you get podcasts. And thanks for joining us. Well, Dr. Sarah Vatone, welcome to AMDG. Thank you so much for taking the time. How are you? I'm pleased to be here. Thanks for inviting me. So I first uh, heard about you and your work through a story about a trip you take with nursing students to the Grotto at Lourdes. And that just really uh, fascinated me. And it sounded just really interesting. And so I would love maybe for us to start, if you could bring us there uh, in our imaginations um, tell us the story. Like, so where, when did you go? How long were you there? What did you do? We were even talking before we were recording about what did you wear? What would, to set the scene for us, I would love to see what is it like to go with nursing students, college students from the United States to Lourdes, just to be there with people who are looking for, for healing. Right. Well, well, thanks Mike for the, for the invitation to share this. It is a, um, a special blessing to me to be part of this program. I had probably sometime in the last 10 years um, thought about 
Lourdes and what it might mean to go there myself in my faith, um, but to be invited uh, in this special way to go with students who are, co you know, college age young adults who are not only forming their faith, but also forming their professional role as nurses. And um, so, you know, how it happened for me, um, Loyola Chicago had been taking nursing students for many, many years and um, invited uh, us at Georgetown to start a program similar. So Dr. Adilma Yearwood um, went to Lourdes with a couple of our students and joined up with the Loyola group in 2018. And then in 2019, uh, we built out our program and took 10 students, myself, uh, Dr. Yearwood, who um, was our uh, department chair in nursing and also is a psychiatric uh, nurse, and uh, Father Jerry Hayes, one of our priests at Georgetown. And so um, the three of us adults and the 10 college students uh, went to Lourdes in 2019. Now, before we get there, I have to tell you, the students applied, right, wrote essays and answered questions and were interviewed by us because we could only take so many students. And we had quite a few who wanted to go. And so we were taking sophomores and juniors. And so that year we took five sophomores and we were able to take five juniors. And what they wrote about, right, what their passion about being a nurse, but then many were Catholic and had this on their bucket list to go and serve. Um, but we also had students uh, that were Catholic um, and maybe didn't um, have an, um, you know, um, a faith tradition. And so many reasons why people were coming to Lourdes with us. Uh, we spent uh, the spring semester in um, going through some formation activities. We spent time talking about self-care. We talked about Bernadette and there's a there's a movie, The Song of Bernadette, and if you haven't seen it, you definitely should see it. Um, and what was really powerful about that, um, you know, the, the uh, Bernadette's experiences, the apparitions happened in 1858 and so it really, you know, it wasn't that long ago. And when you get to Lourdes, you're surprised to see the town itself so well having been um, documented, uh, so to say, in the movie. So the students were really impressed by this. Um, and here we were um, seeing not only the grotto, but the beautiful grounds of Lourdes. And, um, and you talked about the dress. So uh, when we were working in service, uh, we wore white, um, what might uh, be called nurse dresses, I guess would say. And, and, you know, I've been a nurse for over 30 years and, um, and I don't think I've worn a white dress in like 30 years, but, right. um, there we were. They give this to you. <laughs> this is part of like a, is this like an assigned it uniform? It is. It's the uniform. They, they, okay. And in addition to that, um, we also had blue capes that had a Georgetown seal on it. And, um, we were well recognized when we traveled together in our in our group. It was almost like we were in formation. So we had our our white dresses and our uh, blue capes. And um, when we walked the grounds, uh, we were we were 
um, quite noticed. Um, the, the students um, felt comfortable in this, uh, in, in the wearing of the, of the uniform, and it added to, I think, the community that we had built with them in the lead up uh, to this point. Um, we were recognized for what we were there to do, which was to be part of the service. So part of the coming to the Lord's, um, we had different activities that we were going to provide in service to the pilgrims that were the Malads that were going to be there. So we were prepared to um, participate in helping, the, helping them receive the water. And that's something I can talk a little bit more about. Um, but we were also there to help guide, to respond to um, any activity that needed to be done for uh, the pilgrims if they needed us um, wherever we might serve. So it could be that they needed us sort of in that guiding moment or being part of processions, um, various places, right? And you know, Lourdes is designed as an all-volunteer um, area, so they're very well equipped to train volunteers. And so we were quite ready, and the students were very capable to step in with a little bit of direction. They could immediately, um, as a group, address any problem that, that needed to be fixed. Um, so one of the things that um, is important part of the, us attending to Lourdes is they, they started us off just like every other volunteer group on information. And so the, um, the formation was around the spirits of the hospitalier, which are the service. So they include a spirit of service, a spirit of availability, of humility, of docility, of constancy, generosity, and respect for each individual. And this is very aligned to the mission and values that we have at Georgetown. So some of those are very similar, and the idea that that idea of care for the whole person was so present where we were. So it was so similar to what the students were experiencing in their Georgetown life that um, all of this, uh, you know, came together for them. And it, and it was just really an amazing um, experience. Could you talk? So what were some of the, yeah, the specific things that they were doing? You mentioned uh, but again, before we were recording that, because you were wearing oh, recognizable things, people yeah. would come up to you who, in other languages and, and ask for help. Right. So yeah, what was the time? What went in? What were some of the activities? Okay, so were, yeah, so a little bit more on that. So so we saw a lot of, um, we were in France, so there were certainly a lot of French speakers. Most of us uh, from uh, Georgetown did not have a second language. I think we were, tr I think one of the students um, this year in 2022, uh, and I, I failed to mention we didn't go during the pandemic. So I went in 2019, and, and then here we were going again in 2022. But um, we had, I think we had one of our students that knew, knew some French, but um, the majority of us uh, did not speak Italian. We didn't speak Portuguese. We didn't speak um, German, Polish, Japanese, Chinese. We literally around the world. Um, in uh, in seeing 
the persons who had come for all coming for the same experience. And knowing what they were coming for really mattered because we could help them have that moment. So many of them were coming from around the world, literally planes, trains, and automobiles and having saved the money, right, to make the trip. Um, and um, I do have a, a story I can share about um, a very important moment for a family who missed or thought they missed their opportunity to, to receive the water. So the students were prepared um, to help with the water. So I'll, I'll talk about that first. Um, the madams in the baths um, trained all the volunteers, including our students, on um, the specific way to talk with the pilgrims about the water. Um, during the pandemic, they changed how um, the people would receive the water. Prior to the pandemic, the receiving the water um, was for the majority of persons a full immersion. So we were helping persons to, um, to assist them to disrobe when they came in to a, in a private area and then um, also help them to um, get into the, there are like marble bath tubs filled with the Lord's water and the people would be immersed. And so we helped in that. Um, but after the pandemic, there was a shift in how persons would receive the water and how it was um, expected. Um, I'll just go through like an like a, um, experience for a person. So having waited in line outside, they would be shepherded in um, by one of the adults to a bath area that has a, um, uh, like a draw curtain around it. So we're in um, a, a space that has a bathtub, but we're going to be offering water with a pitcher. And so the, we talked to the pilgrims about how um, when Our Lady appeared to Bernadette in the ninth apparition, and told her to find the water and to drink and to bathe in the water. This is what we were preparing to do. And to first come before Our Lady to make your prayers, to ready yourself for receiving the water. And at that point, we would indicate, and again, I'm speaking English, and the person on the other side of this may speak English, but might be Spanish or Italian or Portuguese, right? Usually we're paired up with someone who speaks the other languages that you don't. So when we were there as English speakers, we would have been paired up with an Italian or a French or a German. And so now the person is making their prayers. And then they, uh, we might say, um, make the sign of the cross when you're ready for us to offer you the water. So then they would make the sign of the cross and we would indicate to the, to the person how to hold their hands together because I'm going to pour water into your hand. 
with the pitcher. So you, you can imagine the sign language on this, right? I'm going to pour the water and then wash. So I would sometimes move my hands together in a washing motion to show, right? Wash with the water. And so that would, they would do this. And then in the second, hold your hands, and I would demonstrate, I would pour the water um, to wash your face, right? Now at this point, we might have them take off their masks or their glasses or other things that might be in the way. So they would wash their face and then finally to drink. And so I would indicate, right, with holding your hands to have some water in your hands to then drink the water, right? And then we would pray. So it's Our Lady of Lourdes, pray for us. Saint Bernadette, pray for us. Oh, Mary, who is conceived without sin, pray for us. And then indicate to the uh, person, amen. And so many times the tears would flow and the magic of the moment had come and for many it was we wanted it to be what they wanted it to be right so sometimes you would have adjusted um, to what uh, they needed sometimes they needed to kneel or they might have wanted to drink a little bit more water right or um, so many of them have health conditions and so when the mother indicates to you that the child she has, the, what, who seems like maybe a four or five-year-old, who you find out through the sign language that you're doing has a brain tumor or has something wrong and, and they want to put the water right on the child's head and so you hand extra water so that the mother can wash the child's head. Or so many I saw would take some water and press it to their chest as if a heart or a, maybe a tumor or something else that was there that they wanted to have the water touch. Um, this moment would pass what seemingly was very quickly, but we wanted to wait and be patient and make that a quiet moment, right? This is why they had traveled all this way. And, you know, as a nurse, you want to think about the needs of the patient. And this person who I was going to meet and know for what might take a whole 10 to 12 minutes um, was the most important thing happening and the intention was there. And just, I guess, just a comment too about sometimes the people would be anxious and they would be hurried and not knowing exactly what was going to happen they would try to get ahead of it and so it was us indicating to take a breath to fold our hands as if to pray to try to um, create that moment of calm now the students were very quick to pick up on this process, this being with the persons. And they really um, 
were highlighted. So many of the women that were participating in this um, had been doing this for 20 or 30 years. And here we were bringing young infirmière, right, the French for nurse, um, to, to Lourdes to be part of the service. And so it was, um, it was a very uh, important moment for them to learn how to do this. So the shifts would run something along the lines. I think we had to be over there about 8.30. We would sometimes do um, part of a rosary if we could get through it. Um, and then start uh, about nine o'clock with the people were lining up outside uh, the baths and we would start about nine o'clock and then it really was sort of every 10 minutes or so you were getting somebody new into your area. You'd be paired up with people from other languages and then the shift would be over about noon. So we'd all go and eat together and then come back for second shift, right? Be back by two o'clock same thing right throughout the afternoon until five and uh, that would be a day in the baths hmm. you mentioned a, a story of, of someone specific who wasn't sure if they would be able to make it what was that story i think it was the last day and one a stu one of the students and i were leaving the baths it was going to be our last day at the baths as we were coming out there was a family um, sort of rushing, right, to get towards us. Now, I think the baths were closing at about 4.30, so we were probably 4.45. The other students had already gone. The other ladies were gone. The only people left in the baths were the maybe the two leader women. And here was this family as um, coming up to us as we, were, we had cleared sort of the gated area, and so we were coming out. And... Um, and she spoke English, and so she was. She was like, "Are, are the baths closed? We we've been hurrying to get here on time." And and I said, "Oh, I said it has just closed, but they'll open right up, you know, in the morning at nine o'clock, so you'll be able to come in." And she said, "Oh my goodness, we have come from Australia, and we are leaving. We have to go on to our next stop. Many people are are going." on their pilgrimages, right? They're moving from place to place. And so they were leaving before seven in the morning to go on to their next uh, place. And just the despair that this woman had just in her face. And so you have, it was her, her husband, and the three children, one in a stroller, the, the other two were walking. Gosh, and I looked at the, um, student and she said to me she goes oh, we have to make this happen they come all the way from Australia okay so she she ran back you know and uh, asked and they were pretty firm it, it was closed they just wouldn't have been able to do it and and I looked at her and I, I okay so the water inside the bath area is the same as the water, right, that's out, out here where we were. So I, I told this mother, I said, if you'd like, we could, the two of us could get some water and do the prayers with you here. We could pray with you. And she was like, that would be great. And I said, okay, so here we go. So we had to take the family up a little ways where we could fill a container with water. And then we took the family and stood over 
near where you can see the river coming through Lourdes. It was a beautiful location uh, next to, the, to the, the brick wall and the water and the bridges were there. And so we explained about Bernadette and finding the water, had them pray, and then offered the water three times, right? To wash their hands and their faith and to drink. And you know, you're giving some to the little children, right? And everybody's taking a little drink. And the, the mother bursts into tears. It was what they had hoped for. So I'm so pleased that we could make that happen for them. So many people had that same distress of coming. And so it mattered that we were there to serve, to be part of that for the, for the people. They depend on volunteers. And so I'm pleased that we've been able to do that just in the in the week that we can go every year that we can provide that service but you know we're also there for the students well thank you for sharing that story sarah that's a that's a powerful one and i can only imagine for these you know these students who are, who are coming into that having these experiences and really like blowing their minds like opening their hearts but then those conversations then you would have, whether it was uh, while you were eating lunch or where you were staying or afterward to kind of unpack some of that and process it and then help them connect that experience to their vocation, really, uh, their, of, of nursing and caring. And what, so what are some of the things you're hearing from the students? What are some of the things that they are realizing or something that maybe clicked for them or changed for them crystallized, clarified because of that experience? Like, yeah, what are, what are they holding on to? What are their memories that they're bringing uh, with them? I think it's important to, to mention before I get there that all of the days, so we were there about 10 days and every day starts very early. So we start the day usually 6.37 a.m. with a reflection. And the students, having worked with us during the semester, now in that 10 days are doing reflections in in teams, so we ha they're paired up. They do a reflection. We have we have a meal. We go on. We might do the baths in the morning, the afternoon. They also had opportunities to do other service. Were sometimes then in the afternoons um, paired in a procession, or there was a mass, or there were other opportunities for prayer. And then again at eight o'clock, there might have been another procession. We were usually spending you know, up until eight or nine o'clock. So we were somewhere past 12 hours of sort of ongoing work. It, by, by middle of the week, we were exhausted by just the ongoing work. And then in addition to that, the physical sort of um, of it, but it was also the emotional piece and the carrying the burdens of the people and wanting to make it the right experience. So in talking about sort of the important part of what we're bringing, why, why are we bringing the students? And I think that that's where you're going is really the important uh, part to get to because um, not only are they working as in, on their own formation, as I mentioned, um, in their own um, spiritual 
formation, right? But how, how does this really impact them in their lives? Um, and as nurses, um, one of the things that's an important part of our work and really everyone who works in healthcare is helping to um, look at the patient in front of you as a whole person. So that includes like all of the areas of health, their physical health, their emotional health, um, psychological health, their spiritual health. And um, uh, how we do that, you know, it, it matters. And this idea of um, spirituality, which we have to work on with the students to help them be comfortable in it, that idea that this is you know, the part of the person that gives them meaning and gives them purpose. And sometimes that floats to the top during times of health crisis. And so we need to be able to think about how we're going to address that. And so in all of our clinical courses at Georgetown, you know, it's part of the assessment, right, of the person. Just like we might take vital signs or um, you know, so they're taking their blood pressure and checking on any um, aspects of pain. Like you're also looking at, you know, what are your sources of hope or strength or comfort? And you would also find out about organized religion. And you would also, um, what kinds of spiritual practices do you have? Do you, do you meditate? Do you do yoga? Are you, do you pray? What are the things that you do? And then Thinking about all of that, how does that affect their health and their health care? And <clears throat> how to train nursing students in this, um, you have to be intentional. And when we're on a nursing unit in a clinical course, you might or might not have patients who have needs. But in school, we have to have nursing students prepared to meet those needs when they um, graduate. So what's interesting to me is when we have the students in Lourdes, they are welcomed and asked to pray openly with all of the persons. They have prayed over and over and over with these, these persons who are desiring prayer and so it has that informative impact. So one story that stuck with me from the 2019 group, um, it was in their fall semester. So we had been to Lourdes in June and now these were juniors had become senior students. And we do a lot of reflection and just generally. Um, but the Lord students also get extra reflection. And so one of the students shared with me this story. She was in her um, complex rotation, which she was on a unit with very, very sick um, patients. And they're learning about, you know, cardiac disease and um, congestive heart failure, uh, uh, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, 
uh, transplant, all of the complexities, right? Very, very ill persons, even to the point of caring for patients who are terminal. And the student said, so I was on the unit and I noticed one of the other, one of my other friends, right, was taking care of some patients and she stepped out in the hall and we were talking and she said to me, so my patient is terminal and she doesn't have long to live and I don't even know what to do for her. And our Lord student said, I'll go with you. And so she described how the two of them went to the patient, sat with the patient, and talked with her, and let the patient lead, right? And when the patient said, can you pray with me? Our Lord student was unafraid to, to go and to be that even more present, right? To have that connection with the patient and let the patient lead. And afterwards, uh, my student said, I really felt like I had done something important. You know, that I had, had not only the patient, but had helped her friend to show, to role model, to show that this is, right, what uh, our practice is. Sure. Yeah, it's a powerful story. You could just see those lines there, that experience of doing that and then developing that that skill really and that, mm -hmm. that, you said, that comfort to go there and how that could be if that wasn't your tradition or if you didn't know too much about the patient that there could be that barrier there, but able to kind of overcome that uh, comfortably. And it really reminds me of what Pope Francis talks about too and talks about accompaniment and the importance of all of us to like accompany those, especially those like on the margins, in this case, someone who, you know, very at the margin of life and, and death and to just to be there present, um, uh, such an important task uh, for people of faith and for all of us, I think can, can cross those boundaries as well, but just to, to show up and to be there and um, so, yeah, thank you for, for sharing that story as well. And I imagine for, again, your, your students, all of the students, as you're preparing them to enter this field at like a really difficult time, right? And coming off of, uh, in the middle of still a pandemic and time that has changed certainly, but you've had these students graduate into a pandemic. Um, I know there are some nurses in the country now I was reading are, are on, going on strike because the working conditions for a lot of nurses are really difficult and challenging. The healthcare system in the U.S., uh, hurting in a lot of ways. Um, I'm just wondering for you as trying to lead them and to invite them into this, this vocation, uh, what, what are some of the things that are important for you to, to share with them? Does this, the Lord's project kind of help prepare them? Do you think for this, it is, a, it's a it's challenging work and a challenging. So time. I think one of the, one of the biggest things that you've, you've commented on is that how important it is, um, in, in thinking about the whole person and how to help the students to get there. Um, I think the idea that, um, that spiritual wellness is something that we don't uh, train nurses well in just across the country. And, but yet they're expected to be good at it. And so there have been, there's been research on this that patients you know, actually as much as 
sometimes depending on the type of patient. So you might have uh, cancer patients who might, as much as 70%, want to have someone ask them about their religion or their, their spiritual needs by their nurse. But in that same moment, you might have only about 40% who feel comfortable doing that. And so it, it matters to be ready to do that. The pandemic put us in a situation as a nurse where there are no family members. And that was something that we have tried to bring forward when it, it, pre-pandemic, when you talk to a family or talk to a patient about what their end of life might look like or where and what those decisions might be based on a new diagnosis, there was always the family member there to hold their hand at the end of that conversation. And so many times after that, during the pandemic, there was no one left in the room except the nurse with the patient at the end. And so nurses had to figure out how to have those moments, how to be present um, and help patients um, to become, I guess, um, resolved, right, in the decisions that they were going to have to make or, or um, to be resolved in what their um, their life was about and how to how to bring that around for the patients is is it's delicate. Thank you, Sarah, so much for kind of sharing that reflection. And I wonder for you too, as a professor of nursing who also really specializes in healthcare ethics and you teach ethics and write about them, it's what your doctorate is in. Um, how this experience with, with Lourdes and working with students to help them learn to care for the whole person, how does that dovetail or inform your work in ethics? How do, how do those things go together? Um, both that very hands-on experience and then also this, this other stuff that can be you know more academic or um, maybe in some ways removed from that. How do those go together? How does that inform uh, your scholarship and in, in area yeah, thanks. of Well, thanks ethics. for asking that. I, I've spent um, over 30 years working in healthcare ethics, and um, it's been my privilege to work with nurses and doctors um, and patients who have been at crucial decision points. And this idea of bringing the spiritual um, aspect more openly to the students really was a perfect fit for where I was in my career at the time that it happened. And I find a, a strong connection in ethics in how we practice at Georgetown where the relationship is so key between the nurse and the patient. And that relationship that you build has to connect to all the areas, uh, as, I, as we've talked about already, with the patient's health. It is an obligation in that relationship to, 
to care for the whole. And in that way, it's not okay to call the chaplain and then to quickly leave the room, right? It's a time for you to be present, for you to be part of that and to be ready to do it. And that being ready is so important. This is why I now bring spirituality to my ethics course, because the students have to be ready, just like they have to be ready to help the patient who's having chest pain. You have to be ready for the patient who is suffering and in an existential way needs your support. And what that looks like can't be just handing someone a tissue. It has to be having the words, having the presence, and then connecting and helping the patient to lead that is really the important point. And so how the experience at Lourdes has changed me in how I am present with students, it certainly has changed how students, I think, are present with their patients and how they might take this on into their careers. I would love to take all the students <laughs> um, for them to have this experience because from an academic side, you can't find another place where patients want to pray and want to be prayed with in a way that you can at Lourdes. And for these students who all had their own personal reasons to attend and serve, they are carrying this, um, you know, very privileged experience with them. And I am pleased to have been part of that uh, experience with them. Well, Dr. Saravatone, thank you again so much for sharing uh, these stories and reflections. And uh, yeah, that's really, really powerful. And um, we'll happily link to the, the story from Georgetown's site that gets into a little bit more detail and has some comments from students uh, who, who went as well. So folks can, can read that. But yeah, that, that's really great. And I'd love to have you back on sometime to really get into some of those big thorny uh, healthcare ethics questions, which is a whole nother episode. So uh, thank you so much again. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Mike. AMDG is a production of the Jesuit Conference of Canada and the United States. And when we're not working from home, the show is recorded at our headquarters in Washington, D.C. AMDG is edited by Marcus Bleach, and our theme music is by Kevin Lasky. The Jesuit Conference communications team is Marcus Bleach, Eric Clayton, Megan Leepsch, Becky Sindelar, and me. Connect with the Jesuits online at jesuits.org on Twitter at Jesuit News, Instagram at We Are the Jesuits, and Facebook.com slash Jesuits. Sign up for weekly email reflections by visiting Jesuits.org slash weekly. If you or someone you know might be called to discern a vocation to the Jesuits, connect with the Jesuit vocation promoter at BeAJesuit.org. Drop us an email with questions or comments at media at Jesuits.org. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And as St. Ignatius of Loyola may or may not have said, go and set the world on fire. <laughs>